sick. Yeah, there's always one. There's always one. No. Welcome. It's good to be to, uh, together here. Want to uh, uh, share a couple things that are um, happening. Uh, the ladies, when you came in, hopefully you got um, a smaller card for the kitchen table, and uh, so that's something that is uh, coming up. Uh, the teens, for those of you, if you didn't get, um, there's a volleyball outreach next week at the YMCA, so grab those. Teens, talk to one another, invite your friends, um, just to remind you um, about that. Um, we are uh, doing a uh, first step class. How many of you have ever been to a first step class? Okay. Very good. Actually, only about 12 of you. We created this a year ago. Okay. Um, and so it's relatively new. And so, um, and, and again, this is kind of one of those, it's for anybody who is new to Zion or if you've been around Zion for a long time. Okay. Um, things have changed, and I still get questions, you know, and I'm kind of looking at the old Zion people here. I, get, I still get questions. D doesn't, doesn't Clarion make our decisions? And I smile and nod, and things, things aren't the same. We're a different church, and so uh, one of the reasons why we're doing this is to help anybody who is very new or if you've been around for a long time, just to get to know us, you know, what are our values, what, what is important to us, um, so the next two Sunday mornings from 9 to 10, uh, we're going to have uh, the first step class or the next step class. There's a sign up out on the, right when you come in. Um, we're just going to try that format. You know, I don't know if it'll work or not. Um, there's not a whole lot of time here, so um, go ahead and sign up uh, for that. And uh, so that should be a fun thing. Um, if you do not, you know, a lot of our communication we do through a church family email, and so if you are not getting those, um, it's probably because we don't have your information, and so you need to grab one of these cards, um, they're back on the, the rack back there, and fill it out so we have your contact information, so you get a lot of the details um, of things that are happening and, and, and what is uh, going on, Okay. So that's it. We won't sell your contact information to anybody else. We'll just use it for our purposes, okay? So uh, we are going to, uh, we're starting a new series today, and we're kind of uh, going to change our formatting up. And, and uh, we're, we're starting a series on the names of God. We, the, the other pastors, we have wanted to do this series for probably about five years, um, and it just never made the cut. And this year... We're doing it, and uh, we're excited about it. And as, as we've been studying through it, um, a lot of the names of God, you know, it feels like two or three different sermons. And so our format's going to be different. And so I'm going to, this morning, we're going to have two different sermons. They're going to be smaller, um, and I'm sharing that for accountability to make sure that, 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 that they're, 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 they're shorter. Um, and so... And then basically, we're going to follow the Word of God with worshiping God, because when we get the Word of God and we hear God speak, we want to respond to Him. And so that's kind of going to be the flow. We're going to try it this week, and if it bombs or it doesn't go well, um, I told Matt, who's leading next week, we'll, we, we might need to adjust. But uh, just to give you a little heads up, um, kind of, of, of where we're going. So let me pray, and then uh, we're going to jump right in. If you uh, have your Bible, go ahead and turn your Bible to Genesis uh, chapter 1. You can turn there, and uh, let, me, let me pray for us. 
Father, we thank you so much that, God, you are everywhere that we go. God, you're there when we're aware of you, but you're just as much there when we're not aware of you. Whether we're just distracted by life or maybe we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing. Maybe we, we, we don't want you to meddle in our life. And so, Father, we thank you that you are present. And God, we invite you. God, we don't just want to go through the routines of, well, we go to church, and that's what we do every Sunday morning. God, that's not what we want. Father, we want to know you. We want to understand more about who you are so that our life changes. Because you are worthy, God. You are so worthy. And you are worth our time, our energy. You're worth our life. And so we just want to say, thank you, God. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, names. We use names for all kinds of things, don't we? You know, if, can you imagine if we tried to communicate and we didn't have names? Well, th that thingy over there, oh, that's called a car, okay? So we use names for everything. And... Uh, you know, for me, I was, I don't know if I would say blessed or cursed with the last name of Cornball. Um, I, I mean, I think the ultimate was the day that I, I had to literally pull out my driver's license to prove to someone that my, real, my last name was really Cornball. They did not believe me. But what's funny is to now hear my kids who are in uh, school and to hear all the nicknames on the soccer field, that, that nicknames go out, um, you know, towards them of Special K or Captain Crunch or I don't know. What I, there, there, there's a whole boatload of them, okay? Um, but names are something that we all use. It's something that is important to us. And in our culture, um, as it relates to our children, you know, we choose a name like Sam or Jenny um, um, we pick the name because we like that name, right? Where, is in, where in Jewish culture, they don't do it that way. In fact, they wait a few days before they name their child because they want to get to know what this baby is like because their name helps describe them. Kind of like what we would use nicknames for, right? Hey, Gornball. Yeah, I did something stupid, okay? Um, and so we see that, uh, that, that, that names are used in that way. And so the names of God describe who he is. It's kind of like a diamond, you know, you've all looked at a diamond. And a diamond has all kinds of different facets depending how you look at that diamond. And God's, God has a bunch of names, and we're not going to get to all of them. He has a lot of different names. But each of his names describe qualities and characteristics of him. They tell us about who he is. And so 
Uh, let's jump in, and this morning we're going to look at actually three names. This first message is going to be two of them, um, and then the, the second message is going to be the third uh, that we're going to look at, okay? <clears throat> and so you're, you're in Genesis uh, chapter 1, um, Genesis chapter 1, so let's, let's look here. And one of the things I'm going to try to do as well as we are going through here um, is give you how we recognize what God's different names, what they look like in your Bible, because there are different um, uh, wording that help you understand. I don't know, anybody in here know Hebrew? I don't know Hebrew either. It's squiggles and lines, and one of the other pastors, Joe, is trying, I'm like, Joe, just give me the English, okay? I am not interested in lear learning Hebrew right now, Okay. <laughs> Um, but it is a fascinating, you, you can see that on, on there. And so uh, let, let's look at this, this first name, Genesis chapter 1. He says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And so there... Actually, in, in Genesis chapter 1, 32 times, we would see in there G-O-D, God. In the Hebrew, the name is Elohim. Now, again, I'm not, I'm good. it doesn't really matter, but I'm just giving you. So when you see G-O-D, and not always, but in Genesis chapter 1, and I think this is what God is revealing to us. In the beginning, God is. Elohim created. And what do we see? Over the next 30 verses, he speaks and something happens. He speaks and something happens. And so what is he showing us? What, is, what, does, what does God mean? It means that he is the creator. He is the preserver. He is the transcendent or to put it in maybe more everyday terms, he is the mighty one, he is the strong one. He is the almighty. And so 32 times in Genesis chapter 1, he uses his voice to make something out of nothing. This world has all kinds of creative people, but there's not a creative person in this world that can take nothing and make something. The most creative person in this world can only take what God has provided and make something out of it. God is in a league all by himself. And his name is God. In fact, in the Old Testament, about 25, a little over 2,500 times, this name is used of his. And it's, it's always in the plural. It's a plural noun. And so we, we see that. And so some of you like the details of that. Some of you are like, okay, that's all right. But this week, I think every one of you, this week, you smelled a flower, right? You smelled a flower. Because Elohim created it. He created it. This week, you saw a sunset or a sunrise because Elohim God created it 
God did that. If you get up early enough when it's dark, or even if you go out during the day, you heard birds chirping all over the place. Because Elohim, God, is being worshipped by his creation. And so this name, God, that we use all the time, it's revealing that he is the transcendent one. He is beyond time. He is beyond matter. He is beyond what is normal. He is God. He's God. He sits enthroned, and the truth is, he's unapproachable. He's unapproachable. And so this is one of God's names that we see. And so we're going to look at uh, a second one. The second one is Adonai, or what we would say, Lord, Master. If you have your Bible, turn over to uh, 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 7. So Adonai, or Lord, okay, you're going to you're have to put your glasses on here because there's two different lords in your English in the Bible, in the, in the Old Testament. Okay, and this one here, Lord, Adonai, is spelled capital L, lowercase o, lowercase r, lowercase d. That is referring to Lord, Master, the one who's in charge, okay? It's used over 300 times in the Old Testament. And again, it's always in the plural. If it's in the singular, it's in reference to a human being, which also could be a boss, Master, Governor, Lord. Okay, it's in the singular, it's this way. In the plural, it's related to Lord. And so, and so here we're going to see in these three or four verses, 18 through 20, this is King David who basically says to God through Nathan the prophet, I, my house is made out of cedar or wood, and God, you're living in a tent. In fact, you've been living in a tent since the day Israel left Egypt. And this isn't fair. Why am I living in this house of wood that is a palace and prestigious, and you're living in a tent? And so he basically says to God, I want to build you a bigger house than what I'm living in. And God basically says, you can go back and look at the beginning of chapter 7. God basically says, I don't, I don't need a building. I'm fine in a tent. It's okay for me. I've had it all these years. I don't need that. But I'm going to do something for you, David. And here's another covenant that God makes with David. And basically he says, from you, someone is going to sit on the throne forever and ever and ever. And so there's a lot going on here, but so David hears from Nathan the prophet, and then he comes in, and he sits before the Lord. And so listen to what he says, and again, keep your eyes open here for 
Lord, capital L, lowercase o, lowercase r, lowercase d. That means Lord, master, okay? So listen to what he says here. Verse 18, then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, who am I, O Lord, master, God? I'm giving you the, so you see that. And what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And yet, this was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God. You have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come. And this is instruction for mankind, O Lord God. And what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O Lord God. So he's calling God, and again, this is King David. How does, this is the king, so from nationally, he is the top of the authority food chain. How is he responding to the king of kings and the Lord of lords? He calls him Lord, Lord God. And so we, we see that going on in, in this. And again, remember, basically God has said no to David. You're not going to build a temple for me. You know, that's another whole story. We could look at that. Why? He says no, but he says yes. He says, I'm going to do something for you. And so we see this. And so, and, and again, even here, he, David uses both. He uses Lord, Master, and God, Elohim, both. Both of these names. Okay? And so we see that. And so what's the point here? What's the application? What, what does this mean for us? Well, if God is the Lord, he should be followed. He should be obeyed. If he's our Lord, he should be our refuge. He should be our defense. He should be the one that we listen to. As the Lord, he commands the physical universe and earth. And it always listens to him. And the question is for us. If he is the Lord God, are we allowing him to call the shots in our life? Jesus used this example. Let me, I'm going to close with uh, this. I think I'm doing pretty well here, actually proud of myself. Way to go. Uh, Matthew chapter 7. Again, it's going to be familiar to you. Matthew chapter 7, the sermon, the, the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 21. Here's what he says. Not everyone who says to me will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, did we not prophesy in your name and cast demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And so Jesus is drawing an analogy here. Just because you say, Lord, Lord, doesn't mean a whole lot. There's lots of people that say, oh yeah, I love God. 
What does God measure? Is he your Lord? Do you obey him? Do you submit to him? Do you do what he says when it makes sense, when it doesn't make sense? And so God invites us in. God and Lord invites us in to worship him. God invites the worship team to come up, and we're very intentionally picking uh, our songs here, are much more um, not me-focused, but they're God-focused. God is worthy to be worshipped. He's worthy to be praised. And so we're going uh, to do that. And, and as well as we, um, as we sing, we're going to receive our offering too. And so, and again, here's just kind of a little reminder. Yeah, in this room, in a sense, we're going to pass a bowl around and you're going to write a check or you're going to put a check into it or put cash into it. These are very human things. But the truth is, our giving to the Lord is not a simple human dynamic. It's a spiritual dynamic. And that's what God wants us to do. As we give, we're not giving to, we're giving to the Lord. Let's give to the Lord. Go ahead and stand up. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are God, that you are creator, that you are almighty and you're Lord. And Father, I pray that you would help us, Lord, in these next few moments. That you would let these truths sink beyond our minds but into our hearts and that our voices would respond to you our minds would respond to you that that these moments would be singing but also that we would be thinking about what you're saying and what you're doing god that you would use these resources lord we want more than anything we're not for the name of zion we could care less about the name of zion but we want your name to be exalted, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we just say thank you and we praise you, Lord. In your name, amen. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see a star.
Wonderful, and um, at the same time, I, I know I want to be part of what God is doing in those things, but also name. And actually, this name of God is uh, six thousand eight hundred and twenty-three times in the Old Testament. Six thousand eight hundred and twenty-three times in the Old Testament. It's the name Yahweh. You're looking in your English Bible, it's Lord, but it's Lord all caps, capital L-O-R-D, L-O-R-D. It too is in the plural. It's basically of the verb to be, I'm looking at our English teacher over there. I'm not good at English, but you get it. Anyway, I'll move on. And so let's look at this name, and again, Genesis chapter 1, God the Almighty is revealing himself. Now look at Genesis chapter 2, we see another side of God, Yahweh. Look down at Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse uh, 4. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day the Lord God, actually he, he, he puts both names together, made the earth and the heavens. Look down in verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living 
creature. So here's where we get a great picture of what Yahweh means. Yahweh is the personal name of God. And right there, what we just read, we get a glimpse into it. Because God made all of his creation, but there's only one that he personally breathed air into his lungs and gave him life. Just like, we've all done this, I got these for Easter, these are my Easter balloons. And so when we blow the balloon, oh my, I must have asthma. Well, you get the point. I'm not going to embarrass myself, but I should have practiced ahead of time. But you get the point. God personally, and that's what Yahweh means, that God is the personal God. He is, yes, he is transcendent. He is high and exalted, but he also is personal. He's knowable. And that's what he reveals in Genesis chapter 2. Let's just keep reading. Again, we, we, it goes all through here. Verse, uh, verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden in, the Eden, in, the, in Eden in the east, and there he put man whom he had formed. You see God's personalness. And this is the point here. Yahweh means God is personal. He breathes life into Adam's lungs, gives him life. Now he puts him personally in a garden to take care of it. Look down to verse 18. And there's so much more here, you have to go back and look at it. Verse 18, Then the Lord God, Yahweh, said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man. And so you know the story, but the point here is, Yes, God is, he is powerful, but he's also personal. He is Yahweh. He is knowable. He's knowable. He's not distant. He's not cold and disengaged. That's not him. People can view him that way. That's not God give another example. Turn over to Exodus chapter, Exodus chapter 3. This is really the time how God revealed this name uh, to him. Exodus chapter 3. You remember the story? Moses killed an Egyptian. He ran away for 40 years. He's a shepherd out in no man's land, out in the middle of nowhere. But he's, we're never in the middle of nowhere. Because God starts a bush on fire. And again, that was not odd to them. When you're in the desert and it's hot and you have dried out bushes, they catch fire all the time. But something was unique about this one. This one didn't burn up. It kept burning. And it caught Moses' attention. And he moved closer. Look what he says in verse 13. 
Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. And so God is revealing, he's, he's making himself known to Moses. And he says, I am. What does that mean? It means that God is this this self-existent one. He doesn't need anybody else to exist. See, we are the opposite. We want to be self-existent. We want to go off by ourselves. We want to do our own thing. We want to be independent. We want to be isolated. That's, That's not who we are. God made us to live in community with people. But God... He's self-existent. He needs nobody. He simply is. He had no beginning. He has no ending. He is constant. He doesn't rely on anyone or anything to exist. He is uncreated. He is altogether different. He is beyond us. He is a set or a class all by himself. And what does he say here? He he, he connects himself to the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Because Yahweh is the covenantal name of God. He is relational. He can be known. We can call him my God, not out of we, we rule him, but out of our relationship with him. So what does that mean? It means that we, we worship him because he is. That's why we worship him. We treat him as though he is, that he is sacred, that he is holy. He's different than any other human being, than anything in this world, than anything in the universe. There is nothing like him. He is Yahweh. He is a father that is approachable. He is knowable. He is available. And now we'll pull out the two big words. He is both transcendent yet imminent. He is transcendent yet imminent. Those are two Big words that means that he is so much greater, but yet he's a father you can jump on his lap. That's what that means. He's approachable like your dad. He's still dad, but yet there's, a, there's something there that there is a fear and a reverence. And so we'll, we'll end it on here. We'll end it on here. Matthew chapter 1. As you look, and again, Jesus, Jesus reveals to us because he is God. And so listen to this. This, this kind of connects it. I'll ask the, the worship team. You guys can come back up here. We're going to sing a couple more songs. 
Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's Yahweh, God with us. He's not disconnected. He is always with us. That's who Christ is. He is revealing that God is with us. God is with us. And so these next few songs as we worship, let's keep that in mind. That God is personal, He is knowable, and He is with us. You want them to stand? I want to go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up. I have to stand. You guys should stand too. Just kidding. I give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. Love endures forever. For He is good. He is above all things. For the love. 